Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. From inside the warehouse at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, it is the Masson All Access Podcast. Brendan Mortensen here, joined via Zoom by Paul Mancano, who thought he was going to have a nice, relaxing weekend off. And then, Paul, the Baltimore Orioles, of course, had other plans. I should have assumed as much. It happens every single time. I just don't know what I was thinking trying to get away. It's like the meme from to reference a meme i love referencing memes on this podcast the meme where uh from the simpsons where mo is trying to throw barney out of the his bar and then he thinks he's got him out and then he turns around and barney's right behind him that's how i feel trying to escape baseball and i'm supposed to go to the rockies game today too so really can't get away from baseball in any respect yeah there is no escaping the baltimore orioles right now and unfortunately paul i think for all of our listeners, uh, they will be very disappointed to learn that we have not had a softball game since we were last on this podcast, so we have no softball updates, so I, I don't really know what to talk about here. Yeah, well, we don't have, this is our lives. I mean, this is, we, we have nothing other than the content of this podcast to really discuss. You could ask how my weekend's going, Brendan, and it's going great. Thanks for asking. Uh, great places to go in Denver, let me tell you. Lovely city, uh, good stuff happening, so... Yeah, it's, uh, that's what's going on in my life. Well, I could have asked about your weekend, but I don't really care. I only care about Orioles baseball, and we're just going to get right into it with D.L. Hall joining the Orioles, set to make his debut against the Tampa Bay Rays tonight. Rock Kabako of MassInSports.com reporting that this will more than likely just be a spot start tonight for D.L. Hall, and then he will shift back into the bullpen and work in some longer inning relief outings first and foremost Paul are you surprised at all by the timing of this move because I think I certainly was I think I was too because we were talking on the last podcast I think two prospects we thought would get the call before DL Hall and I think it was Kyle Stowers and Gunnar Henderson because DL Hall for all of the immense talent that he has over his last few starts was trending in the wrong direction and Maybe the Orioles, what I'm thinking is the Orioles maybe think that perhaps he was a little bit distracted. Perhaps he felt like he was ready to get the call or he was looking forward to the next step. Because otherwise, it's hard to look at a guy who has, over his last few starts, been hit around pretty hard in AAA Norfolk, has seen his ERA go up over five for the season in Norfolk and say that he's ready. But the talent is always there. The talent has been there. And they believe in his makeup. And when Michael Elias talked with the media last week, I believe it was right after the trade deadline, they said, he said that they talked to D.L. Hall and they told him, we're counting on you. So they were expecting him to get the call up at some point soon. We were expecting it to happen at some point this season. But for it to happen on August 13th was a little bit surprising to me just because I thought that they would wait to see that he checked off the remaining boxes before he was going to make his MLB debut. Yeah, I mean, his minor league stats are just not overwhelmingly good. I think when we were looking at Grayson Rodriguez earlier on in the year, you had to kind of find reasons not to promote Grayrod at that point because pretty much all of his starts, it seemed like he was just overwhelmingly good 
at that level was striking out everybody and just wasn't giving up a lot of runs, wasn't walking a lot of people. But for D.L. Hall, the stuff is obviously there, has close to 15 strikeouts per nine through 18 starts at AAA Norfolk. But there's a lot of other numbers that are just pretty concerning for your fourth-ranked prospect in your system and somebody who a lot of people have put kind of on the same tier as Grayson Rodriguez over the past few seasons. I think Grayrod has kind of separated himself as of late. But for D.L. Hall, you had the ERA of 476 through 18 starts at AAA. The whip was close to 1.5. The walk numbers, I mean, really not good. I think that's the biggest area of concern with D.L. Hall right now was walking, walking close to six batters per nine innings. And you mentioned the last three starts has an ERA close to 12 over those last yeah. three starts. So the fact that the Orioles have called him up now during probably the most important stretch of games they've had in years. I mean, this is a three-game series down in Tampa Bay to pretty much decide who is going to have that third wildcard spot over the next week or so. The Orioles really need to make a good push here if they want that final playoff spot. They've got the three-game series against Tampa and then the three-game series against Toronto. So they must believe that calling up D.L. Hall now is going to help them win games in the short term because this is a hugely important stretch for a team that's trying to make the playoffs. It's battling where you are in the standings and trying to make the playoffs because we know that Michael Elias, Brandon Hyde have talked about they would like to. Obviously, it's an uphill climb in the AL wildcard race to be able to make the playoffs and developing because the Orioles don't want to screw up developing any of their top prospects. And D.L. Hall, despite the fact that he has slipped a little bit in prospect rankings over the last six months, year or so because of the injury he incurred and because the numbers haven't been quite as good as some of his counterparts. He is still very important to this rebuild and the Orioles have to get his development right. So they have to balance the development aspect of DL Hall and the playoff aspect, which is, I think why this was slightly confusing because if they're looking at trying to win games right now, and you look at his stats that he's put up over the last few games in AAA Norfolk, and his first couple months in AAA Norfolk were great. I mean, three five one ERA, the walks were still a problem. He had his pitch count built back up to the point where he was almost throwing 100 pitches per game. But his last four, he's only gone 11 innings over those four starts. He's allowed 14 runs in those 11 innings. That's an 11-4-5 ERA. And he had that one blow-up start that lasted just one inning against the Memphis Redbirds where he gave up six runs back on July 26th. So if you're trying to win games, they must believe that these numbers don't indicate how good he's going to be when he gets that call up because these are important games. And then if you look at developing, they must also think that there's not much for him to learn down in AAA. So I wonder if the last four starts didn't matter as much coming out of the All-Star break. Remember, the first start out of that all-star break, they gave him one inning and they were saying, we're watching your pitch count. That to me seemed to indicate that they were going to slow him down and maybe work his way back up slowly before they called him back up to the big league and really gave him an opportunity. But they must not have been discouraged by those last four starts. And they must think whatever problems he has right now, he can fix them at the big league level. It's a little bit of a risk, I think, because you have where you are in the standings, you could lose games if he has a blow-up start tonight. If he doesn't perform well out of the bullpen, we'll talk about his role and what that's going to be like. 
but it's also a risk because you could hurt his confidence. And I think that the Orioles have to be very careful here to use him in the correct time and to give as much attention to him from the pitching staff and from the coaching staff as he needs to, to go into 2023 as perhaps an everyday, you know, one out of five starters in this rotation. Yeah, I think the timing of this, as you mentioned, is just surprising because among the questions that we had about D.L. Hall, namely the command, he hasn't really answered that over the last few starts. And if you were looking at a reason that the Orioles called him up right now, usually you would point to if a top prospect is being called up, you know, we talked about Gunnar Henderson on the last podcast, and a lot of the questions that we had about Gunnar Henderson involved, okay, how is he going to hit left-handed pitching at the big league level? How is he going to play defense at shortstop at the big league level? And a lot of those questions have been answered at AAA Norfolk. Grayson Rodriguez answered a lot of question marks at AAA by being able to pitch the third time around the batting order. Going into the sixth, seventh inning, Kyle Stowers has answered a lot of questions this year with an improved strikeout rate, an improved walk rate, D.L. Hall hasn't really answered any command questions. And like you said, Paul, I think this just must be a case of the Orioles saying, okay, we think our major league pitching coaches can help him more than maybe the AAA pitching coaches can right now in terms of what issues he needs to fix. And maybe the Orioles believe that just in a shorter role out of the bullpen, you can minimize those walk issues a little bit. You can hide them a little bit more. We've seen it with Felix Bautista. I mean, Bautista, obviously a very different pitcher than D.L. Hall. The Orioles don't have, I don't think anyway, any ideas of making Felix Bautista a starter long-term. Felix Bautista had terrible walk issues coming into this season, and those walk issues have seemed to pretty much go away this year. So maybe they're thinking that putting D.L. Hall in the bullpen will be able to mitigate those concerns. But I don't know. Like you said, the last three starts have just not been a good sample size for D.L. Hall. And I think if he were really making a push to get promoted, you would have looked at a few weeks ago where he had a stretch of about five or six starts where he looked untouchable. So it it's just very interesting timing for D.L. Hall right now. Yeah, and I think the comparison to Felix Bautista is an interesting one. I know Bautista was a reliever last year as he went through, what, three different levels of the organization as he worked his way eventually up to Baltimore in this meteoric rise that he went on. And you talk about him fixing his walk issues, which he certainly did. But a huge difference to me is that Felix Bautista was allowing half as many hits for nine as D.L. Hall is right now. He had a whip of 1.071. D.L. Hall has a 1.4-something whip. He is giving up 1.4 or 1.2 homers per nine, Felix Bautista was giving up less than half a homer per nine. So Bautista was doing everything else right. And I know he was coming out of the bullpen. I know he was two, three years older than D.L. Hall is, who's 23, turns 24 in a few weeks. But Bautista had the other boxes checked. Whereas D.L. Hall, not just it's not just the walking problem. He's also giving up some hard hits. And maybe it's a problem that is stemmed from the walking problem maybe those two are one in the same because he's getting behind hitters and then he has to make up for it by throwing them hittable pitches it's hard to say when we're not watching Norfolk games every week but the thing is the Orioles are they're watching him very closely they always have been so they they know more than we do in this instance 
And I think we'll, the proof is going to be in the pudding as to whether he is fully ready for the bigs at this point. However, it is exciting. I, that's what I will say. And I think that Orioles fans in our chat right now are expressing excitement for seeing him. And it should be an exciting day because we're getting to see another top five prospect in the system come up and debut. And what, how exactly he does over the next few weeks, we'll see. But it's still good to see that the Orioles are willing to give these guys an opportunity when they feel it is necessary. Somebody also bringing up the fact that not just will D.L. Hall get to work with Chris Holt and the pitching staff at the big league level, as opposed to Justin Ramsey in the Norfolk level, but also getting to work with Adley Rutschman, which I think can be a boon as well. It's hard to say exactly how much of an influence that will have going from like Anthony Benboom and Jacob Nottingham in AAA Norfolk to Adley Rutschman, but I think it will help. These two have a history together. These two are pals. These two have done very well together in the minor leagues as a battery. So perhaps it will help as well. But I think the Orioles are attempting to take off the pressure by after today, putting him in the bullpen and trying to alleviate some of that pressure, keep his pitch count at a reasonable level for the last couple, what, six weeks of the season before they look forward to 2023. Yeah, Abby Rutschman saying yesterday that the group chat has been going off with the news of D.L. Hall's uh, potential start tonight. So let's talk more about his potential role. Look, with all the question marks surrounding D.L. Hall, the talent is certainly there. And I think a kind of long reliever role balances a lot of good things that you need to keep in mind with D.L. Hall. One of which, like you mentioned, Paul, is the innings limit. This is still a pitcher who is coming off of an injury last season. The Orioles want to be careful with him because obviously with D.L. Hall, you are looking at the long term. You are looking at somebody who you hope to be a potential front end of the rotation starter for years to come. And you don't want to push him over the limit this season. We've seen the Orioles do a similar thing with Tyler Wells. Unfortunately, before the injury, Wells was on an innings limit as well because, again, you had the long-term future in mind. And I think as you got further along in this season, the Orioles clearly wanted to limit Hall's innings a little bit. And I think it's easier to do that in a reliever role than it is in a starting role. I mean, if D.L. Hall was still at AAA Norfolk, you would have to pull him after, what, four or five innings of work at AAA? And then if he's starting games but only going about four or five innings at AAA Norfolk, how much is that really doing for his development? Whereas if you still want to limit the innings, I think it makes more sense to put him in a bullpen role at the majors. Maybe he goes two, three, four innings at a time whenever he is able to make an appearance. And that way you are not only limiting limiting his innings in the way that you were hoping to, but you're also furthering his development by having him face tougher competition in those two, three, four innings. Yeah, and let's be honest, the Orioles pitching staff, despite the fact that they don't have Grayson Rodriguez, they don't have John Means, who's been out for almost the entire season, has been very good. And the other part that was confusing to us was we didn't really think that a change in the rotation was necessary because of how good these guys have been. I I know they don't have the names of some of the guys that we were expecting to see in this rotation. I think by season's end, we were saying, all right, it's going to be John Means. They'll probably have traded Jordan Lyles. So they'll they'll have maybe Kyle Braddis in the rotation. They'll have D.L. Hall. They'll have Grayson Rodriguez. They'll have another prospect like an Alexander Wells or somebody or Mike Bauman. 
Radish has cemented himself in this rotation. You know, he may not put up incredible stats, but he's still young enough. He's still a former top 10 prospect in their system. You got to give him everyday starts. Lyles is your innings eater. He's too valuable to take out of the rotation. Both, honestly, has been excellent, as we've seen. Spencer Watkins has been good as well. So there wasn't really a natural hole in this rotation. I know Tyler Wells' injury opened that spot, but that was several weeks ago. So the need for him in the rotation is not as much as it was maybe a few weeks ago or maybe where we thought this rotation would be at this point in the season. So using him in the bullpen also allows you to not break up a good thing and not break up what is currently working with this rotation. And I agree, Brendan. I think it's a lot harder to give the guy the ball every five days and saying, well, you're only going four innings. Go out there and and try to perform. It's hard to do because you're automatically setting up for a bullpen day uh, and you're putting it in his head that no matter how well he pitches over those four or five, three innings, He's going to get pulled. So he could have a no-hitter through four innings, but unfortunately he's going to get pulled. So I think that this does allow the Orioles to manage that a little bit better. But I do think it's going to be important that the Orioles make it crystal clear to him when he is going to pitch because he's not going to be thrown into a situation, a blowout, where somebody gets into huge trouble. They give up six runs in the first two innings, and they're having D.L. Hall quickly warm up, and they're going to throw him in just to gobble up some innings. I think it is going to be a key plan of attack where they have maybe it could be as a piggyback to Jordan Lyles, similar to what we saw at the beginning of the year. Say Jordan Lyles goes six innings and they go, all right, we want Deal Hall to cover the last three innings. And they make it clear to him when he is pitching, how often he's pitching, how much he's going to be pitching in each one of those games. I think it's also similar to one comparison I will make. It's not exactly a perfect comparison, but I look back to 2012 when Dylan Bundy, 19 years old at that point, the Orioles' top pitching prospect, former top five pick in the MLB draft, was called up near the end of the year. It was right at the last tail of September as they were getting into the playoffs in that miraculous 2012 season where they went to the postseason for the first time in 13 or 14 years. So they used him very sparingly at the big league level, out of the bullpen, even though he had been a starter in the minor league level, but he only got, I think, one or two innings at the big league level. I think D.L. Hall is going to get a much more extended run than that. But the key for them there, for Bundy, and unfortunately was derailed by injuries over the next few years, was to give him a taste of competitive baseball and then go into 2013 with the expectation that he would be back there in a regular role and contributing to the team. So I think the Orioles are trying to do that with D.L. Hall here by giving him a taste of competitive baseball of what it's like pitching in the big leagues, give him a full offseason to dissect that, and then come back in 2023 and get a rotation spot. Yeah, and again, we do not know for sure that this is only going to be a spot start for D.L. Hall. We are going based off of what Rock Cabaco has reported, what he has been hearing, which is that D.L. Hall will most likely make the spot start tonight against the Tampa Bay Rays, and then will be coming out of the bullpen going forward. But I think it's a good mix here of what you need developmentally and what the team is trying to do right now on the field as they continue to make a playoff push here. It's almost kind of ironic that the Orioles are playing so well because I think if the Orioles were again at the bottom of this division and and towards the bottom of the standings in the American League where they have been over the last few years, you would look at a Spencer Watkins or an Austin Voth and say, yeah, absolutely. You would get them out of the rotation and make sure that D.L. Hall is getting starts every five days. 
but this is still a playoff caliber team, as crazy as it is to say here in August. The Orioles are trying to make the playoffs. Brandon Hyde is going to put the starter out there that he thinks gives him the best chance to win a game every five days. And right now, you can't really justify taking anybody out of the rotation, Paul. Like you said, Jordan Lyles is going to eat innings. Kyle Bradish, I think, as you mentioned, he is young enough and, and the Orioles still want to prioritize his development as well where you wouldn't want to take him out of the rotation in, in fear of maybe hurting his development moving forward. And then you mentioned kind of the back end. I think Dean Kramer, every five days, has pitched well enough to keep that rotation spot. Spencer Watkins, it's a weird conversation because on the surface level, D.L. Hall has more potential and probably just more raw talent than a guy like Spencer Watkins or Austin Voth. But Spencer Watkins has a 288 ERA over his last seven starts. That's dating back to July 1st. He's holding up opponents to an OPS under 600. And in 13 of his 15 starts, he has allowed three runs or fewer. He has one start where he allowed seven earned runs, one start where he allowed four. But in 13 of his 15 starts, three runs or fewer allowed. That's going to keep you in a lot of baseball games. And it's probably going to win you a lot of baseball games, given how good this bullpen has pitched this year. And Austin Voth has been pretty unbelievable since joining the Orioles. A 321 ERA in his 13 games since he got to Baltimore. I mean, he held Tampa Bay hitless through, what, five innings last night. So Austin Voth, again, has just been too good to take out of this rotation. So I think it's a good balance of, like you said, still making sure that D.L. Hall is getting some innings, but you're still prioritizing winning. You're still prioritizing this playoff push here. And Spencer Watkins and Austin both staying in this rotation, as weird as it is to say that D.L. Hall doesn't automatically bounce one of those guys out, given his pedigree, I just don't think he does at this point. Yeah, and I think we did not expect this coming into the season by any stretch for these two to be as good as they are, and especially both because he was, you know, midseason pickup. And the thing with both, I think the one area where you could have said D.L. Hall could bump somebody out is if you wanted to move both back to the bullpen because he has bounced back and forth between being both a starter and a reliever over the course of his career when he was with the Nationals. But he is working as a starter right now. You mentioned his stats. He's been phenomenal. And why change a good thing? And also you don't have to worry about his pitch count because he barely pitched for the Nationals. Not barely pitched, but did not get as many innings for the Nationals the first half of the season. He clearly has found some things that are working right now in terms of his starting and then Dean Kramer is the other name that definitely deserves to get a start every fifth or sixth day so you can't bump any of those guys out I think the one area you could have said is you could have bumped both to the bullpen and have Kramer or sorry excuse me have DL Hall start those games and then have both come in for relief but I think this is much cleaner because you're not changing what the rotation is every fifth day you're just having DL Hall come in to supplant some of these guys in the bullpen. Also, that the official roster move has just been made, and the Orioles have called D.L. Hall up from AAA Norfolk. He's going to be wearing number 49. He's already on the 40-man roster, so they don't need to make a 40-man roster change, but they are optioning Nick Vespi back down to AAA Norfolk. The one lefty for the other is what the official roster move is. So 49 is D.L. Hall's number in the big leagues, Brendan. Yeah, and optioning Nick Vespi, again, kind of just confirms what we're hearing from Rockabaco, which is that D.L. Hall will most likely come out of the bullpen. We don't know what kind of situations he will be called upon to pitch, but D. 
D.L. Hall more than likely is just going to replace Nick Vespi's role in the bullpen as one of the solid lefty arms alongside Keegan Aiken. In terms of what to expect going forward with D.L. Hall, I would be shocked if he gets optioned back down to AAA Norfolk at some point this season. I think he is in the big leagues to stay. And I think what we'll probably see is a piggyback sort of scenario. I don't know if he'll go exactly every five days, but I think, like you mentioned, Paul, we could see him be kind of the the first bullpen arm that the Orioles call on after an Austin Voth or a Spencer Watkins start. Watkins and Voth both this year have not really gone deep into games. We haven't seen them work into the sixth or seventh inning incredibly often this season. So I think we could see maybe Spencer Watkins or Austin Voth, wherever Brandon Hyde wants D.L. Hall to pitch uh, in any given week. I think we could see one of them go five, six innings, and then maybe D.L. Hall gets two or three on the other side. Yeah, and I, I mentioned it earlier, but even with Jordan Lyles. I mean, maybe if you know Jordan Lyles is going to eat innings, sure. But we saw the Orioles use two pitchers a couple starts ago for Jordan Lyles where they had Lyles go six innings, then they had Keegan Aiken go three. So that could be a, another opportunity for D.L. Hall as well to get those multiple innings of relief. He's not going to be a cleanup guy. He's going to be more of a piggyback guy in those instances. And let's be honest, his stuff, yes, it's going to work, I think, as a starter eventually. It's going to play incredibly well out of the bullpen. So long as the walks are held intact and under control, I mean, a 65-grade fastball is going to play out of the bullpen. A slider that's 50 and then a curveball and a changeup that's both 55. He's a four-pitch pitcher. He's got an electric fastball. That's going to work out of the bullpen. It's not like the Orioles, how they have used in the previous years, an Alexander Wells or a Zach Lowther. These two crafty lefties who are being asked to get big outs in games out of the bullpen, and it's just not working for them because teams are jumping all over their, you know, somewhat below average stuff and their fastball that tops out at 90, 91 miles an hour. No, whoever is coming in to face DL Hall, it's going to be facing a fastball that's going to be close to triple digits, if not hitting triple digits. We saw him made 100 back in spring training, remember? And you're going to be facing somebody who has a couple other wipeout pitches. So it should work. And I don't think that the Orioles have any plans to send him back down to AAA unless it's a complete disaster, which Hopefully it shouldn't be, and the, the idea here is that using him out of the bullpen mitigates the chance of this being a, a potential disaster here. Yeah, and Paul, as, as Zoom not so kindly gives us a time warning here, I do want to say, too, I don't think I see a scenario in which D.L. Hall is so good out of the bullpen that the Orioles just abandon the thought of him being a starter. I think no matter what we see from D.L. Hall over the remaining weeks of this season— I would assume that the plan for him this offseason is still to compete for a spot in the starting rotation for 2023. I think so, too. I think that Grayson Rodriguez, whether he pitches in the big leagues in September or he just pitches in Norfolk in September, he's going to go into 2023 with a chance to win a starting spot in spring training. And I think Dia Hall is going to be in a very similar camp there. Also, people asking in the chat right now where this game is going to be broadcast. It is on Madison 2, so you can catch it on Madison 2 uh, for the Orioles pregame starting, what, Brendan, at 3.30 Eastern time? Yeah, 3.30, a 4 o'clock start today. And look, this is just really fun. I mean, we're in a really good balance of Orioles baseball here where this is a competitive team making a playoff push 
and we are seeing some of the top prospects get the call, like a DL Hall, maybe Kyle Stowers, maybe Gunnar Henderson, we could see over the remaining few weeks of the season. But to have this mix of a competitive baseball team and one that is now seeing the fruits of the labor of this rebuild is just really exciting for this Orioles team and the Orioles fans. We've been making the comparison to the 2011 Orioles team because that's where at the very end of the season we saw this team turn the corner and we had the curse of the Andino against the Red Sox. Right now it's playing out like the 2012 season. They have skipped over 2011. And again, we don't know what's going to happen over the last couple months of the season, but I think Stephen Leskey put it well in the blog a couple days ago where he said pretty much no matter how the season ends, maybe, you know, if they lose their final 50 games, that'll leave a shower taste in people's mouths. But if this team makes the playoffs or not, it is a success. And Orioles fans will have a lot of good feelings when they think about this season. Look at the 1989 Orioles, the why not Orioles. Did not make the postseason, and yet we are view that team. That team comes back for reunions at Camden Yard. It is viewed as a great Orioles team because they defied the odds. This is a fun time to be a fan. We've talked about it before. After this year, that's when the pressure is going to start to pick up. That's when people are going to start to say in the national media, look out for those Orioles. I'm going to put them in the playoffs, or I think they're going to exceed expectations. The outside pressure is going to mount. Right now, there's no pressure. The Orioles are feeling no pressure, they're playing with no pressure, and they're winning when they shouldn't be. This is the exciting, delirious time to be an Orioles fan, and I think that we're getting the best of both worlds with a winning team and also a team that is debuting some of the best young prospects in the game right now. Yeah, an incredibly exciting time here in Birdland. Make sure you are tuning in to D.L. Hall's Major League debut this afternoon down in St. Petersburg against the Tampa Bay Rays. A huge game that you will not want to miss. O's Extra starts at 3.30 on Masson 2 before the start of the game at 4 o'clock. I think that'll just about do it here for the Masson All Access podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this emergency episode as we react to D.L. Hall getting the promotion to the bigs. Of course, you can catch the Masson All Access podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts, you can get the Masson All Access Podcast. We will be back next week at our regularly scheduled time. Thank you so much to Paul Mancano for zooming in for today's episode and to Tim Leonard for producing. We'll catch you next time.